appreciate your continued intercession for Pamela and myself today. You can be seated for a few moments. We're going to serve communion in just a moment here today while we can participate in that and enjoy fellowship with one another. Praise God. I want to bring you uh, something from God's Word today with the time that we have left. Uh, how many people here have ever had a problem with your worthiness to pray, whether it be your faith, whether it be how God views you, whether it be something in your walk that you know that isn't perfectly pleasing to God and you're, you're just wondering, is it going to make any difference when I pray? Is He going to hear me? Not only for your needs and your loved ones, but in the intercessions for others. One of the great weapons of the enemy, and we're going to receive our offering in just a moment with this song. One of the great weapons of the enemy is condemnation. And one of the great weapons that he uses that really isn't his, it's something in us. It's our own conscience. And conscience is a good thing because it alerts us when something is wrong. It gives us a sensitivity uh, when something we're doing is wrong. It, 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 actually, the Holy Spirit uses the conscience to convict us. Without the conscience, then we can't be convicted by the Holy Spirit. But because of that conscience... He can convict us, and He does convict us, and we need to separate conviction, which is a good thing and a God thing, from condemnation, which is what the devil wants to do to disqualify us from God's love, His help in the time of need, His answers to our prayers. Amen. There's a vast difference, and the Bible said now is our accuser. An amazing thing, devil in the Greek. It means, it's from the Greek word diabolos. And it means a, a maligner. Someone who is, who is always pointing the finger at you and me and pointing out our faults. And if we didn't have any faults, we could easily defeat it. But I'm sorry to say we all have faults. And the Bible said if we say we have no sin... We lie and do not the truth. We're dishonest, disingenuous. But if we, it doesn't mean we're bound by sin. It means that inevitably, whether omission, commission, attitude, or activity, we're going to have times when our conscience is going to tell us and the Holy Spirit's going to speak through it. You need to get that right with that person. You need to get that right with God. And real Christians don't have a problem with that. Can you say amen? I said real Christians have no problem with that. Hallelujah. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's going to be a problem. But real Christians go before God and get it right. We don't have a problem with repentance. We have a zeal for it. Can you say amen? If we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful. He is just. He can still be a holy God and forgive sin because the forgiveness is based on Jesus bearing our sin at the cross. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. To forgive. And when he forgives, it is done. It is over. And the devil can't bring it up. He can't point that uh, accusing finger. In fact, Revelation chapter 12 said, Now is the accuser 
of our brethren. He never lets up. Now the accuser of our brethren is cast down that accused them before God how often? Day and night. And they overcame him by becoming sinlessly perfect. You could never defeat him that way. They overcame him by one single element initially, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved, and their devotion, they loved not their life even unto the death. God is so good today. He wants to raise an army of confident intercessors, prayer warriors, if you please. Hallelujah. When, when I hear the word prayer warrior, I used to think only of certain people with certain appointings and anointings. But I've come to understand clearly through the scriptures that every child of God is called to be a prayer warrior. Amen. So we're going to talk about that in just a few moments after we receive the offering. We want to thank you ahead of time for your giving and pray that the Lord will continue to bless you, to be a blessing. And, uh, and I believe he will do that. How many would give? You said, you know what, you know what this guy said? If he, if he suddenly became rich, he'd build us a church. Oh, you said you'd donate a million dollars. Well, I am praying that you would get rich. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. How many would love to be able to do something like that? You know something? I believe God can entrust you then. If you would give to the Lord, if you have a generous heart, and you won't let money drive you and, 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 and be your God, I believe He can entrust us with material blessings so that we can be a blessing. Praise God. So I'm just praying today that the Lord will bless the gift. He will bless the giver in the name of Jesus Christ as we receive this offering for His work, His honor, His glory, and His kingdom. Praise God. You can let that play if you will. Oh, the battery's dead in the remote. Okay, well, you still have owed the blood for our communion? All right, we'll dispense with the song. The song was going to be our Father, which art in heaven. The beginning of a, of a prayer of Jesus that is called the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not an error to call it the Lord's Prayer and to continue to call it the Lord's Prayer. But in, in, if you want to get down to the, to the actual biblical context, the question was, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. And the Lord gave them these principles of prayer called the Lord's Prayer. I remember the humorous story that I told you of two people at work, and both of them attended church uh, kind of intermittently, just enough to say they had some affiliation, and, and they didn't go enough to really get the Word of God down in their life, and uh, as a lot of folk these days that are too busy to do that. But one of them looked over at the other and said, uh, said you know something? I, I, don't, I don't think you know near as much about the Bible as, as you seem to imply that you know. said, I don't even believe that you know the Lord's Prayer and can recite it. And in fact, I bet you $20 that you can't recite the Lord's Prayer. And the other lady said, you're on. She said, okay, go ahead. said, now I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. The other lady handed her $20 and said, I didn't think you knew it. The Lord's Prayer. 
is the yeah. You know that it gets crazy. I mean, you know, this is a story that could actually take place. It'd be amazing how some people answer biblical questions. We need to get down deep in the Word of God, get the Word of God down deep inside of us because it's so important to understand these things. If you want to find the Lord's Prayer, you have to go to John 17 when He prayed for us. Father, I pray, amen, that they would be one in us just like You're in me and I. It's a prayer He prayed for us before He ascended. And it's a powerful Lord's Prayer. But our pattern for prayer is in a different place. It begins with our Father which art in heaven. Uh, And then in that familiarity of that paternal uh, relationship, paternal love. See, you're not just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But you have become a child of the living God. And that's a vast difference from seeing yourself as just some struggling, barely make it old sinner with no rights and privileges in the kingdom of God. I made a radio broadcast this week and, and I'm prompted to teach a little bit along the line of our sequential radio broadcast. And it, it's, it's about praying as a priest. Praying as a priest. Praying as a priest. Most of us, when we pray, we, we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't see our high qualification to intercede. When we think of priests, we don't just think of churches that have actual appointed priests as their ministers. We think of the Old Testament priesthood. Jesus is our high priest. He intercedes before the Lord. And the priests had not only a responsibility, they had a privilege. Only the high priest could go behind the veil uh, once a year to offer a sin sacrifice for the people. And before he could offer a sin sacrifice for the people, he had to offer a sin sacrifice for himself. They tied a rope around the man. He He had to wash his clothing until there was not a spot nowhere. He had to wash, and it was all ceremonial washings. It wasn't just for getting rid of B.O. Amen? It wasn't for body odor. It was ceremonial, a cleansing. You're going back behind the veil to offer a sin sacrifice for the people. You have to first offer a sin sacrifice for yourself. And if he didn't go through all the ceremonial washings and preparations, then he would be slain. By coming into that holy presence without those ceremonial preparations because it would be disrespect and dishonor to a holy God. He had bells on the fringe of his garment so they could hear him back there as he poured the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat. You know what the mercy seat was? The top of the Ark of the Covenant. And there were two seraphims of gold. It was a golden lid on that gopher wood ark. And two seraphim, two angels were on that golden and they were looking down, not looking up to God, but looking down to the top of that lid. And they were looking for what God was looking for. They were looking for the blood to be sprinkled right in the middle of that golden ark. And when that blood was offered, then Israel had a grace that flowed. And it was all based on Jesus what he would do at the cross. But back then it was in type and foreshadow. It wasn't the blood of that goat or that that ox or that lamb. You know what it was? It was a type received as a type 
of the blood of Jesus Christ to come. And if he didn't meet the qualifications to offer that, then he would be struck dead. And somebody had to be in the wings ready to go behind that veil if he failed. And by the way, I never read of anyone failing. Because if you knew how important it was, you didn't let anything be undone. But as long as they could hear the bells, they knew he was ministering that and that the sacrifice was being accepted. But if the bells stopped, they knew he had dropped. And they were prepared not to go get him because they would drop too. They were prepared to pull him with that rope, pull that dead body of that, that disrespectful, unprepared priest and when you think of priests and how scary it is to be in that position, but how privileged it was. Not just the scary part, but the privilege that he had to walk where nobody else could walk. He was given the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to come behind the veil and minister that offering in the presence of a holy God. Now the New Testament says, and I'll be reading this scripture to you in a moment, but I'm going to get ahead of myself. The Bible said that we have been made, every child of God. Everybody say every child of God. You know what the Bible calls you? Every child of God. The day you get saved, nothing you progress into, but the moment you come to Christ, you're called saints. In Catholicism and some other religions, a saint has to be appointed by the church, by the Pope. And a saint is someone that a miracle can be attributed to. But in the New Testament, the miracle of salvation, the miracle of the new birth. To every child of God, the moment you're born again, a miracle has been attributed to you. For if any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things. And one of the things that's become new is your relationship with God. Can you say, man, you're standing with God. You're the saints of God. And you're called saints throughout all of the Bible. Praise God. I like a little boy's non-theological understanding of saints. He went to a church with huge, remember our stained glass windows? He went to a church with huge stained glass windows with St. Peter and St. Paul and Jesus and other saints uh, of the New Testament, New Covenant. And he would go on a Sunday morning, and just like our church used to be, the light would shine through those stained glass windows. And when someone asked him, what, 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 what is a saint? He said, someone that the light shines through. Can you say amen? So if you're really a follower of Jesus Christ, the light is shining through you. It's shining through me. You're God's luminaries. Can you say, man, ye are the light of the world because we are the saints of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the children of God. All right. We want to establish that. Priesthood is not something we easily identify ourselves with. Neither is being a saint. When I conducted a funeral for a dear sister out of our congregation who had, and I'm not letting the cat out of the bag because the cat's already been out of the bag. Amen? She had struggles with her flesh and struggles in her faith. And she had times of great victory, but there were times when she had defeats and she lost ground. But God's grace is sufficient, and she always got up 
and always came back. And, and before she passed away, she had come to a place of consistency in her walk with God. She had leveled out. Amen. It requires patience sometimes when people, you see them go forward and back and forward and back. But, but hang on in prayer. Keep praying for that person. I'll tell you, I get frustrated with people that seesaw like that. But I don't want my frustration to keep me from interceding. Because God is long-suffering, not willing that any perish, but that all have eternal life. At the funeral, I preached, uh, my part of the message was from Psalm 116. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. See, there's that word that we don't readily identify with because we don't see how highly qualified the blood of Jesus has made us. And I could feel from the audience, sometimes you can feel an attitude from an audience. You don't believe it. Get in front of an audience sometime and say something they don't all agree with. They don't have to say a word. You can feel it. Can you say that? And I felt that wave of... And you know what I felt? Because I said it. I said, someone in this audience is saying, I knew her, and believe me, she was no saint. Because of sainthood being this sinlessly perfect, so close to God, so highly regarded by God, miracles have been attributed to that person, and they've been elevated to a place of acceptance with God that's far above. I'm talking Mother Teresa type of people. And she was a woman of, of such compassion, doing a work that represented God's kingdom, loving people like, like very few people could ever dream of doing. And we honor anyone like that. But we don't identify. We don't identify with those caliber of people. And we should. Because every child of God from the moment of salvation, biblically in the New Testament, is called a saint of God. You say, Brother Bible, I don't feel like a saint. Well, I get up some mornings and don't feel like a venerable. I told him last night at my reunion I was going to wear my dark glasses in, but then everyone bought my autograph. They think I was Tom Cruise. That's what they did last night. <laughs> <laughs> they say Tom Cruise's granddaddy. <laughs> Can you say, man? Maybe <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> God is so good. God is so good. You are the saints of God in here. Not only are you the saints of God, you are the sons of God. Now, the now of your salvation. Now. Everybody say now, praise God. Now ye are. Paul looked at an audience that hadn't, didn't understand who they were in Christ or who Christ was in them. They saw themselves as these unworthy people. They didn't see their worthiness. This is not to make us proud. It's to make us bold. To give us courage. So that we can know that we know that we know that we have an audience with God when we pray. Something mighty occurs because of the qualifying blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, 
You are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know here and now we are the sons of God. And based on that, Paul said, if we're sons of God, then we are heirs of God. And if we are heirs of God, we are joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. And when it says joint heirs with Jesus, we're not just talking about inheriting stuff because the, the devil took Jesus to a high place when he tempted him, showed him the kingdoms of this world, all of the glory and riches and power of those kingdoms. And he wholesale rejected, said, my kingdom was not of this world. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen very carefully today. One of the things we have as being a joint heir with Jesus is a joint relationship with God, the Father. You know what Jesus prayed? Father, I want you to make them one. Just like you're in me and I'm in you. I want them to be in that relationship with us. Isn't that incredible? Hallelujah. And he said, oh, Father, and by the way, this is John 7. Listen, Father, I want you to love them. This is the Lord's prayer. I want you to love them. I want you to love them with the same love. Everybody say same love. I have been preaching this, believing this, accepting this, proclaiming this, walking in this for all of these years. And this is something I'm still chewing on. It's hard to swallow. That kind of place, how in the world can I have that kind of room? How can he love me like he loved his son who never sinned? I can't say that. He said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You see, sainthood and sonship is something we don't quite feel ever worthy of. That's why, and priest, praying as a priest, the Bible said through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been made kings and priests unto God. Literally a kingdom of priests. We have a special place. Every child of God. That's why I believe this This saying to be true, a biblical truism, that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. Why? Because that weakest Christian is a saint of God, a son of God, and a priest unto God, as far as God is concerned. But many times we don't pray in confidence and faith and boldness and courage because we're not sure of where we stand before the Lord. Two accusers are pointing their finger at us. Number one is the devil, Diabolus, a maligner. He's no good. Look at that anger. He got mad the other day at that guy in traffic. Oh, man, that bad attitude that he had the other day. He can't pray. Now, I've, I listen... Or, or that activity, someone, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't. I know you didn't give him the bad finger in activity, but you did it in attitude. Can you say amen? <laughs> amen. Either one, the devil's going to point it out to you. Amen. He's the accuser of the brethren. But now, 
See, we're right back in the now of our salvation. Now. Now that you've come to Christ. Now that you've been washed in His blood. Now. Here and now. Right now. How to, don't make me tell that joke again. It's getting old. It's wearing thin. Tell it to her after church. Can you say amen? Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accused them before God day and night and they overcame Him by not having anything that He could accuse them of. No, they overcame Him by being such highly qualified by the blood of Jesus Christ that the Bible said who? Paul said, let's end the argument with this accuser. Who? shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. It is God that justifies. It is Christ that is risen from the dead. Can you say amen? Now therefore, Romans 8 verse 1, there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk sinlessly perfect. No, who walk trying, putting forth the effort, their attitude is to serve the living and true God. Their activity can never be perfect, but when they fall, they get up, they go on, they repent, they confess. And the moment you do, God forgives if it's from the heart and it's genuine. Now, therefore, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit. And not after the flesh. But the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. That vicious circle of sin and death is broken by a superseding law. Hallelujah. I said by a superseding law. Glory to God. The law of the spirit of life. He that hath the son hath life. Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully today. So praying as a priest is something foreign to most of us. I remember when we had some family crisis and Pamela looked at me and said, you're the priest not only of God, you're, you're not just a preacher, you're the priest of our home. She acknowledged that. She understood that. I understood that. But to hear her say it, it just bolstered me up. I thought, I have the privilege I have the responsibility, but I don't want, listen, I want you to see this not just in terms of responsibility to pray, but the privilege of praying as a priest. The privilege of going behind the veil and being accepted, being received. Because it's not your washing of your garments. It's the washing of water by the Word and the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible speaks a whole litany of sins of the flesh. And then it says, and such were some of you. But now, <laughs> you are washed. And now, you are justified. And now, you are sanctified. Hallelujah. By the Spirit of God. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ today. Let me read you this scripture. How many would love to pray with bold courage? See, every time you pray... Speaking of Jesus' priesthood, it says we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched 
with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, he relates to your weakness. He's not there to just point his finger and point them out. He's there to help you with them and help you to overcome. We don't have a high priest that can't be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And because he understands you and he understands me, amen, he knows exactly what to do in your life and what to do in my life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He knows how to help. Hallelujah. He knows how to heal. He knows how to get you through that test, that temptation. He knows how to help you to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Glory to God. And He is willing to grant unto you that that's necessary for that help to come. We don't have a high priest that cannot be t touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but within all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy to help in the time of any need. He's saying the reason that you can approach me, amen, the reason you have access to me, is because of the blood of Jesus providing grace and mercy in your behalf. You cannot approach Him in any other way. Some people are just trying to build their faith to such a high level that if they just believe hard enough, God is obligated Himself to grant their petition. Listen, it is not just faith as a force within you. It's faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross. Can you say, man? And that's why the weakest Christian that falls on their knees makes all hell shake and demons tremble. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. 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 God's going to raise an army up of men and women who come boldly because they know there's no basis that they can come to God with except the blood of His Son and our Savior Jesus Christ. You can't tell Him how much faith you have. You can't tell Him how great you are. You can't tell Him how good you are. But you can tell Him how saved you are. Can you say amen? Hallelujah! 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 Because salvation is not just making you an old sinner that has been forgiven, it makes you a son of God and a saint of God and a priest unto God. In fact, it makes you a kingdom, a priest. And that means when we pray, we have access to the throne of God because it's the throne of grace. To obtain what? The petition, the answer. No, not primarily. Primarily to obtain that that precedes every manifestation of God in our behalf to obtain grace and mercy. Grace is not for people who are worthy of anything. The acronym would be to write it on a chalkboard, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. The most, I guess, simplistic theological definition of grace is is, is just that, God's riches at Christ. Unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. That's why when faith made its appeal to Jesus from blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting by the wayside, he's blind, he's heard that if you call on this man, this Jesus, 
Miracles can occur. Prayers can be answered. The supernatural will occur. And crowds were thronging Jesus. And he's in this entourage of his disciples with crowds pushing in. And the noise gets louder and louder and louder. And here sits a blind man and says, if I can get his attention, if he will hear my cry, I can have my eyes open today. I believe that he has the power to do it. If I can get his attention, if he will stop in front of me, if he will grant that to me. And he makes his appeal. He hears the crowd. And he's good now. His ears are taking over where his eyes aren't. He's highly sensitive to sounds. He hears it getting closer and closer. And he knows when it's dead in front of him. And when it's dead in front of him, he hollers out, Jesus, Son of David, I believe in you for a miracle. No. Jesus, Son of David, where's his appeal? Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they said, shush, shush, you're troubling the Master. Jesus has slowed down now. He's looking around and, and He cries even louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they shush Him again. And He cries even louder. Everybody say boldness. See, it was not just faith in Christ's power. It wasn't just faith for faith's sake. It was faith in the character and nature and the person of God Himself. He said, if I can obtain mercy, I can obtain my healing for my eyes. But the first thing I need is not my eyes healed. It's God to show mercy to me. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Let me, let me define grace and mercy this way. Because said grace and the law came through Moses, but grace and peace came through Jesus Christ. Literally, grace and mercy. Grace, grace, unmerited favor, you don't get what you do deserve. You deserve justice, but you get mercy. You don't get what you do deserve. And mercy, <laughs> you do get what you don't deserve. It's just a, an interchangeable thing. Mercy means that you have no merit. So grace flows to you because God is a merciful God. Mercy actually precedes grace. That's why grace is so commonly used in the New Covenant and mercy is used so much in the Old Covenant. In mercy, you really don't get what you do deserve and in grace, you do get what you don't deserve. That's how it should be. Say it with me again. Grace. You do get... What you don't deserve, by grace you are saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You do get what you don't deserve. Amen. And in mercy, you don't get <laughs> what justice demands. Because God is a merciful God. Merciful God. So here we are, the sons of God, the saints of God. And priest unto God. Listen to how this works. Let me hurry with this because our time is almost gone. Which don't mean anything because we don't stop at any given time. Romans 8, 3 and 4. Let's look at this. Revelation, I'm sorry, Revelation 8, 3 and 4. I'm not going to get past this very far. So we will receive communion in just a few moments. 
Revelation 8, 3 and 4. I'm going to slow down because if I preach through this as excited as I am, we're going to miss something very important. It said, Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censure. And there was given to him much incense that he should offer it. Got a picture of this. You see this angel standing? He's got a censure filled with incense. Much incense. And he's offering it simultaneously with something else that's occurring. Are you there? It has much incense. He's got, he's got it that he should offer it at a given time to be blended with something else that's occurred. He should offer it with the prayers of all saints. All. Say all. all. Every saint of God. Every saint of God that prays something is being offered simultaneously in the spirit realm, in the presence of God. Are you still with me here today? How many has ever prayed and felt like heaven was brass? You just felt like no one's really listening. You felt like it's just bouncing back at you. Especially when you're in an emotional duress and you need to feel the caress of His presence and you don't feel anything but the pressure of your problems. I want you to know what is happening in this revelation, in the book of Revelation, occurs whether you feel it or whether you don't. Can you say, man? How do you know you've got to answer? I got a witness. <laughs> I love the witness. And sometimes I get the I'm not putting on. It hits me like that sometimes. Affects me physically as well as spiritually. And I react to that. How do you know? Hallelujah. I know because I got a witness. Listen. What God wants to do is say when you don't get that witness. When you don't sense that presence. God wants us to know what's occurring. When you don't feel anything. And you don't feel like anyone is listening. And you don't feel like continuing to pray. And you don't feel like your faith is very high at all. When every saint prays according to this, an angel is offering something with those prayers that qualifies those prayers from that saint, amen, to be heard in the presence of God, amen, hallelujah, as a priest unto God behind the veil in His personal presence. There's an angel with a censure. It's filled with incense. But he doesn't offer it until a saint prays. All saints. But when a saint begins to pray, and by the way, prayer becomes as incense before the Lord. And he blends the incense that has given him much incense with the prayer of the saint. Wow. Spiritually, that occurs when you pray and when I pray. You see, this is above and beyond. Come on, we're going to go to another level here today. Can you say amen? We've got to get to the next level. 
Some of us didn't know there was a next level. Oh, yeah, there is another level. And we're beginning to see it in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to feel this thing. I don't feel like a venable every morning when I get up. Sometimes I don't feel like much of anything. I'm kind of numb, depending on the day that I've had. But you know something? If someone brought me a check for $100,000, said, are you Robert A. Venable Sr.? I'd say, it don't matter how I feel. <laughs> you, write, you write me a check for $100,000 on the worst day of my life. And say, if you're Robert A. Venable Sr., all you've got to do is sign right here. Someone told me one time, put your John Hancock right there. And I started to sign it, John Hancock, and see how that went over. Can you say, man? I would sign my name <laughs> because I am a venable. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm a venable. I'm a venable by birth. I'm a venable by lineage. Can you say, man? Seven brothers came from England, started this whole clan of venables that I'm a part of. We traced it back that far. I'm going to tell you something. You start tracing your roots. They go back to Abraham. Hallelujah. They go beyond Abraham. Amen. To Jesus Christ and beyond Jesus Christ to God the Father. Glory be to God. Listen to what it says. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censure and was given to him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints. You see, this is blended. Not separately offered. Ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. Glory to God. One translator, and I love this because I've studied this. It would take more time to verify it all biblically, but we'll take the time someday. It says this passage pictures the prayers of the redeemed which are ascending to God. The smoke of the incense indicates the finished work of of Christ at the cross. I want you to know what Jesus did at Calvary became a sweet-smelling savor to the Lord. Can you say amen? Everybody say the finished work of Jesus. He said when a saint of God prays, the finished work of Jesus is blended with that prayer. That's why that prayer ascends up before the presence of God. It's because it's the throne of grace. And what Jesus has done at the cross allows for grace and mercy to flow from God to that person when they're praying. Hallelujah. And that means you have a privileged place. Say it with me. A privileged place. I love this true story from a pastor. He said, Dale was one of my childhood friends. He's in my age group. He remembers the old theaters that everything wasn't so, you know, where they had to change the reels. It wasn't digital in those days. Dale was one of my childhood friends. His dad ran the projectors in one of the local movie theaters. If I went to that theater without Dale, I paid full admission. I had to sit on the main floor with everyone else. If I went with Dale, I got in free <laughs> and got to sit up in the projection booth. 
through Dale, I had access to his father and the same privileges as his son. In the same way, we have the same access to the Father as Christ has. God will not turn us away. He will never refuse us entrance. He will never make us pay. We have unlimited free access anytime for whatever reason to God the Father. Jesus walks us in and says, Father, this is my brother. This is my sister. He wants to talk to you. True story. From Abraham Lincoln's day, he had a son. And there was a soldier sent from the battlefield during the Civil War to bring message on what was occurring to Abraham Lincoln. He couldn't enter to talk to him face to face to deliver that important message. He was a courier. True story from the Civil War. So he, he, uh, he gave it to one of the aides. They said, he's far too busy. I will see that he gets it. You couldn't have an audience with him. You can't talk to him. But I'll see that he gets it. I'll see that he gets it. So he gave the note to him. But then he went back and was getting ready to go back to his unit. His mother was dying. And he wanted a furlough. But in the midst of war, no one was being given a furlough. But he thought, if I could just see the president explain my situation to him, maybe he would give me a furlough. And there was a young man that saw him outside with tears streaming down his cheeks. And that young man walked up to him and said, What's wrong, sir? Why are you so sad? And he told him his story. He said, If I could just see President Lincoln tell him my situation, that I'll come right back, but my mother's dying. I want to see her one time. I don't know if I'll come home from this war, but I want to see her before she leaves. Just for a day. One day. And that boy took him by the hand and said, follow me. And they walked up the steps. And because that boy was known, (laughs) nobody stopped him. All the way to the door of the president's office. He walking with that man by the hand got to the door of President Lincoln's office and there was a a guard at that door that said the president is busy and said he can see no one. And that boy looked up at him and said, I'm his son and he's my daddy. (laughs) And the guard stepped back and the door swung open because Lincoln heard his son's voice arguing with that guard outside. And Lincoln got up from his desk and opened the door and said, this is my son, let him in. And he still had that guy by the hand. And he brought him on in with him. He said, Daddy, this is my friend. He wants to ask you something. Amen. Hallelujah. And and he granted, he sat down with tears in his eyes and wrote the furlough. Amen. Listen, what Jesus has done for us is to not just make us old sinners saved by grace, but the Bible said he's called us friends. Amen. He's brought us in to the royal family of God. Hallelujah. And we have access to God because of what Jesus has done. And when we pray, amen, the angel offers 
the finished work of Jesus, a sweet-smelling savor to God. And God says when Brother Taylor comes, I can't accept him on his merit. He's not perfect. He's a good guy. He's a wonderful man. But this is a holy God. Can you say amen? But I can accept his prayer and his presence, amen, based on what Jesus has done in his behalf at the cross. Grace and mercy is flowing to you. Hallelujah. To show you what this incense is, Ephesians 5 and 2, real quick. Christ also has loved us, has given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet, smelly Savior. His finished work on the cross has become incense to the Lord. So what does that angel blend with our prayers? The finished work of Jesus at the cross. Do you see that? I mean, we're not talking about perfume. He don't put perfume with our prayers. He puts the finished work of Jesus with him. And his censure is full of incense. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you seeing that? Did you ever know that an angel is offering something when you pray to qualify you and your prayer in the presence? Does that make you want to pray a little bit more without being berated into it, beaten into it? Amen. God came to our house. He's a devout man. He... he he promised God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for an hour a day, every day. He made one of those devotional commitments, and then he got busy, 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 busy. And he started missing. And then he got condemned, 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 condemned. Because he failed to fulfill his responsibility. I believe if he knew what prayer really was, he wouldn't have to do it out of responsibility. He could keep that devotional promise because he saw it for the privilege and opportunity that it was. Talking to someone you love is not a responsibility. Talking to somebody who loves you is not a responsibility. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's glorious. Anybody ever see this? I, man, when I keep looking at this, I say, how did I miss that? Because revelation is so mystical and, and becoming real clear to me, the finished work of Jesus is put into place when one of His children begins to pray. And it gives us access to the Father through that standing. What Jesus did on the cross was so satisfying to God, it was like a sweet-smelling incense. Every child of God should remember that God adds to their prayers the incense of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So every sincere prayer prayed in faith enters into the presence of God, not on its own merit, but on the basis of what Jesus has done at the cross. Prayer as incense is not just a New Testament concept. It goes into the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let, let me, we, we got, we got to stop. But listen carefully. Our approach to God in prayer is on the basis of grace. 
The altar of incense stood immediately before the mercy seat, which is the throne of God. And the Bible said when we pray, our prayers, you know what John said? I'm just going to quote this. He said in another portion in the book of Revelation, that right in the presence of the throne room of God. See, Revelation is revealed. Everybody's looking for the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who He is and who we are in relation to Him. Amen. And said in the presence of God there are golden vials. Golden vials filled with incense. Isn't that an incredible thing to say? And what is this incense? The Bible said it is the prayers of the saints. Revelation 5.8 When you take in the book, the four beasts and the four elders, 24 and 20 elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, incense, literally, which are the prayers of the saints. Everybody say, preserved in the presence of God. Blended with the finished work of Jesus. The prayer of every child of God. If your mama prayed for you and your mama's in heaven, her prayers of intercession for you, it ain't over. They're in the presence of God. In the throne room of God. What, are the, what is this incense? It's the prayers of who? Those people that we don't identify with, that we need to identify with. Because like I said, some mornings I get up, I don't know what a venerable is supposed to feel like. So I don't feel like one. But if Robert A. Venable Sr. has a check brought to him for $100,000, I don't have to feel like a venerable to sign my name to that check. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I don't have to feel like a venerable. I are one. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, Brother Venable, see, you're going to have to chew on this too. I've been chewing on this for over 40 years. I've been chewing on being loved like Jesus because I'm not like Jesus. Per oh, yes, I want to be more like Him. Yes, I want to be sweeter, kinder, better. Amen. I want to serve Him with more, but I am not there yet. I'm still reaching, reaching. Not that I have attained, but that I might attain what He grasped me to attain. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Hallelujah. But the love that Jesus prayed that the Father would love me with is mine right here and right now. I can never earn it, but I can serve Him and thank Him for it every single day of my life. One thing I know when I pray, the finished work of Jesus is blended with my prayer. And that means that when I become, come before the throne of grace, I'm going to obtain grace and mercy to help in the time of any need. And my faith is based on that understanding of my standing with God. Can you say amen? It's not just a force, an abstract force within me. It's a clear understanding of my standing with God. Let us therefore come 
boldly. There's faith. Can you say amen? Before the throne of grace to obtain what we know is ours in Jesus Christ. Grace and mercy to help in the time of any need. Hallelujah. This day of feeling disqualified. Remember the woman that came to Jesus? Oh, by the way, let's get blind Barnabas healed before we leave here. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's get him here. See, things are not always as they seem. We're looking at faith in a different light today. Faith in the finished work of Jesus. Faith in our standing with God. Boldness that comes from that knowledge and that absolute clear understanding. It takes prayer to another level. Someone told me, said, Brother Venable, I think because I went through that stroke and I was, I was actually near dying, I could have died at any moment, but God was merciful, and he decided to let me stay here for a while. Amen. I'm kind of excited about being here. I told that group of people last night, 50, 50th anniversary, we're all getting up to that stage. We're all in the twilight. We don't want to admit it. Some people are laughing too loud. When, you know, they, the people that drink were drinking because they like to drink away the reality that, that the, you know, the best years are actually behind us. Amen. Come on. You can't. Uh, I can't ride that ATV like John anymore. I can't make it do wheelies. Uh, <laughs> John said neither can it turned over with him. He got injured last week. He's getting there too. He's not in the twilight, but he's no longer in the bright light either. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but we all, have to, we all have to face the reality. I'm in a room full of people facing reality. And I said, you know, after, after having a stroke three years this September and being that close to being part of the people, those names that are read at the reunion, I said, I got that Minnie Pearl attitude. Many of you don't know who Minnie Pearl was. Amen. <laughs> she would walk out on the stage. She had the hat with the, with the name tag on. You don't know nothing about that, you young, young, young thing. Can you say, man? <laughs> young lady, young lady, young lady. But when she would walk out, she was country music comedian. That's what she was. She'd walk out with the straw hat on with the, with the price tag hanging on it, you know. And she would walk out and say, I'm just so proud to be here. Well, you, you get that close to being gone, and it was okay to go, but I'm just so proud to be here. But someone told me because I told them about the peace I had, the peace I had. My blood pressure was dead normal. <laughs> Not dead, dead, but you know what I'm saying. It was normal. It was right where it ought to be in the middle of a crisis like that, not knowing where I'd be here or there in the next 15 minutes or five minutes. <laughs> I looked up at my wife in the emergency room and I told her, I said, honey, I don't want to be a burden to you. I'd rather just go on home. And I meant it. I, it was okay. The peace of God just enveloped me. And, 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 and someone looked at me so seriously and said, Brother Rumble, don't you think you have the gift of faith? In other words, I can't imagine that, that happening to me I, unless I have some special faith, some faith that's above and beyond. And I'm, I'm trying to clarify to people, this is not the result of the gift of faith. This is a result of simple faith in the finished work of Jesus in my behalf. And it brings a peace 
that passes all understanding. If God is in control and we simply accept that, peace comes where panic would normally be. Hallelujah. The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you just commit it all to Him. If I live, great. If I go to heaven, great. And that peace comes, it passes understanding. Hallelujah. And, and, but I know where I stand. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's not going to be no way in the good against the bad, Brother Taylor. Amen. The old account was settled long ago at the cross can you say amen? and when you know where you're going hallelujah. amen and there's no doubt then there is no fear and when there is no fear there's nothing left but peace can you say amen and the peace of god comes on you the grace of god flows to you hallelujah 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 oh what a savior oh hallelujah the songwriter said so how does Holy Communion Sunday tie into this? Because what Holy Communion is doing is commemorating and celebrating the finished work of Jesus at the cross. My body broken for you. My blood shed for you. As often as you receive this, do it in remembrance of me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 I want every person who is disqualifying themselves from praying and believing. Whatever you ask prayer and believing. See if it's in the will of God and you believe that God is listening when you pray. Answers are going to come. God's going to raise up a group of praying people that will come into God's throne with full confidence because they have access. Everybody say access. Amen. My wife has a, in order for me to get on her computer, I have to remember her password because I don't have access without putting in the password. But when I write in the password, guess what happens? Welcome computer says it can you say welcome <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> amen hallelujah you know what my password in prayer is the blood of jesus and i hear the holy spirit in me and god the father saying welcome welcome hallelujah we have access everybody say access by the faith of him hallelujah and faith in him praise god hallelujah Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? Aren't you glad for that sweet-smelling savor that His sacrifice became to the Father? And aren't you glad that when you pray, an angel between heaven and earth in the presence of God with a censure full of incense, as that prayer goes up as incense, let my prayer be as the evening offering, as incense before the Lord, David said, as that prayer goes up, the finished work of Jesus is blended with it so that that prayer is received based on the finished work of Jesus. And it is guaranteed 
to enter into the presence of God. Because it said all saints. That meant Billy Graham's prayer doesn't have precedence over yours. You're going to have to chew on that, aren't you? you yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? You've got to change that thinking. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Some of the things you struggle with, you're going to overcome when you stand in your standing because the devil is going to have to back off, take that finger he puts in your face, you just turn it right back around. The next time he reminds you of where you've been, remind him of where he's going. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 And come boldly because the Son is leading us into the throne room of God. Bartimaeus is still blind. He's holding you late, reminding me to finish up this thing. What did he say? What did he appeal to? Was it this great force? I believe you can do anything. You're a mighty God. You've healed other people. I believe for my healing. I'm standing on your word. I'm believing. My faith is reaching out for my healing. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus went, He put on the brakes. Come on, let's do a car analogy. I know you're thinking it. Amen. He put on the brakes. He turned around. It wasn't the noise he was making. It was the fact that he was making his appeal based on the mercy of God. Can you say, man, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. And he knew what he wanted because he's, he's omniscient. He knows everything. But he didn't do anything until that man made an appeal to his mercy. The moment he did, he stopped dead in his tracks said, bring that man to me. Hallelujah. 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 Faith in your faith will fail when your faith wavers. Faith in his faithfulness will not fail because he never wavers. Can you say man? These men are not drunk as ye suppose. Seeing it's but the third hour. It's not even happy hour and they're happy. Can you say that? <laughs> Glory. And he says, what do, what do you want? He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. <laughs> He's already appealed to his mercy. He said, go thy way. Be it unto you. As your faith be. Faith in what? Great faith? No. Great merciful God. That responds to the humble cry of people in need. I can do that. <laughs> Jesus! Help me! I've got His heart. I've got His ear. I'm a son of God. I'm a saint of God. And I'm a priest unto the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Out of this audience of people, this small audience, when we come into this understanding of our standing, we're going to pray prayers that's going to plunder hell and populate heaven.
Oh, I wanted the devil to hear that even more than you. If you didn't get it, I want the devil to hear it loud and clear. We're going to pray prayers that is going to plunder hell and populate heaven. Hallelujah. 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 God is going to raise up an army of prayer warriors out of people that didn't even know if God was listening. And we're going to have an incentive to pray because we're going to see the power and the privilege of it. Hallelujah. And we do not want to leave a weapon like that laying by the wayside when we can pick it up and use it for the glory of our King and the good of, our, of each other. Can you say Hallelujah. Have you got anything out of this message today? You feel like praying, not because you have to, but because you want to this week. Are you going to visualize what has been revealed in the Word? Going to visualize an angel saying, when you pray, the finished work of Jesus is blended. It's guaranteed. The door will open to the throne room of God. And grace and mercy will be granted so that He can give you help in the time of any need. Glory be to God. Oh, the blood. Can we play that? And will you serve us Holy Communion? Won't take but about five minutes now.